and welcome to VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's the Thursday the 7th and today Phil and I are sitting together again, Phil, so that we can uh, look each other in the eye and see what's going on. It's always a bit of a laugh. Hi, Phil. How are we doing? Very good. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, I have to say that uh, I must admit, as usual, when am I not running around? I've been running around like mad this week, so I've made absolutely no notes really uh, ahead of this. So it's all going to be made up uh, completely off the top of my head. Uh, which is always a little bit of a worry. Um, But we'll sort of get going, I think. Um, What I would just sort of say for starters is that um, the markets are still horrible. You know, I'm going around talking to quite a lot of people um, and everyone is almost in despair. I mean, I just don't know quite where it all ends up. But look, you know, it's I think everybody just wants to get on and have Christmas. Uh, and move on. Talking of Christmas, uh, Phil, I believe, I can't remember exactly, but we did. We do normally sort of just before Christmas or in January give our New Year's tips, so you need to go away and think about those. I believe, actually I don't believe, because someone very kindly emailed me and said that, Andrew, you, you tipped a quick mate for 2023, and of course it has actually been a very good performer. So I'm fine. I don't think you can say quite the same, Phil, but you may, may remember or not remember what you tipped. No, I'm going to hang my head in shame. I can't remember. <laughs> go on, Andrew. Got, uh, well, there we go. So we're, we're, we haven't, we're not quite there yet. We, we will go away and think more about tips. I've, I've left you in a horrible um, position there, haven't I? Yeah, my apologies. Um, sort of going on, again, general market things. I thought, it was, you know, we saw this week that TUI, uh, a huge UK company, yeah. is leaving the London Stock Exchange to go to Frankfurt, what the hell has become of the London Stock Exchange? We've also caught Ganicals this week, had more bids for more companies, have, more yeah. companies leaving the London Stock Exchange. The only good thing is there's a bit of money getting uh, rotated around. Um, I mean, I think that um, potentially the immigration, Tory immigration policy could become its poll tax. Uh, the sooner this party is out of the way, seriously, you know, the better. Clear out the Conservatives. I, I wouldn't say I'm Look, I am not a Labour voter, but I've got to say, I think I, I can't remember I mentioned last week that uh, Tulip Sadiq had spoken at our, our conference. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I emailed her my open letter to the government explaining why equity markets are so important for the growth of an economy. And she's come back with a very nice reply saying, Andrew, it was really great to meet you. Um, and uh, I will read your letter and I will get back to you again. So well done her. I mean, you know, here is a party that actually appears to be wanting to get on and actually work with business and grow the economy, um, maybe that is the answer. Who knows? Uh, a couple of other things I was just going to, before we get into the results section, uh, actually, three other things I think I wanted to just touch base on. One was I had a very nice email from, from a listener, actually with a lot of commentary. I, I won't talk about all of it. He did point out that actually somebody else had picked Gene Drive and not him. Oh, but he had right. actually, because a couple of people had put it to me, which I lose it. He actually was looking at Gino's side. Um, and that I needed to look at that. And he's also given me some some other sort of tips. Which, oh, I'll come up. We're going to have a tip section probably probably next week. Um, so I, it just shows how clever I am getting confused between stocks and things. But look, the real point is, as I made it clear, I made I did really rather well out of Oxford Biodynamics, but it was it was pure luck. Never think you're clever when it's actually luck. My holding my way of playing biotech, unfortunately, has been through IP Group because they have a big exposure to biotech. And of course, they've been absolutely useless for 10 years now. Sooner that company gets taken over by somebody better or merged, the better. 
Um, but yeah, we're going to leave um, tips and all that sort of news. We'll, we'll do that maybe next week. Although I must also confess that I'm off to the States tomorrow, Phil, uh, and I only get back next Thursday in the morning. I will be in to do a podcast um, because I'm so dedicated to it. Uh, I'm going out there on business uh, with one of our clients. Can say no more, really. No. Just keep your fingers crossed. A um, couple of other things I was just going to, to kick off on. I did notice you probably want to talk about it later, but this morning, AMD have said they've got a even more advanced chip than NVIDIA. But I mean, they also said that the market is like 40 trillion mega grillion. It was, um, oh, yeah, $400 billion or yeah, more for 2027. And what's bloody interesting about this, actually, I mean, obviously, it, um, NVIDIA has been a storming performer in the last five years, is that clearly, you know, this is going to be direct competition. AMD so well established. Um, but what caught my eye was this was the AMD CEO giving these market estimates of 400 billion. I thought, well, the whole semiconductor market's about 600 billion. It was an, I mean, there's room for everyone, isn't there? There's room for everyone. So it's not indeed. a negative on NVIDIA. It's actually, I think, a positive yeah. on NVIDIA, but it's a positive on AMD yeah. as well. Yeah. And the whole semiconductor industry. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's super. We get on to, um, Andrew, I'm sure you saw this week. Was, well, no, I'll come on to that yeah. later. Yeah, well, no, if you want to... No, we'll come on to that a little yeah, bit later. Yeah. I've got one more thing I wanted yeah, to do, actually. Yeah. And this is slightly biased, but actually, um, yeah. I think many people know here that my son actually uh, runs the uh, Schroeder's Global Energy Transition Fund, uh, and he does actually on LinkedIn. Do do look at it. His name is Alex Monk. A sort of advent calendar every Christmas. Every day going down to Christmas, right. he yeah, talks yeah. about something in the transitional energy space. Very interesting. Uh, but I just picked up on... He's just been actually to New York with his girlfriend, who also works for Schroeder's, as does her mum. It's a blooming Schroeder's family. Um, anyway, that's that's complete red herring. Uh, but he actually his his advent calendar window was from from New York, and I thought it was rather interesting. So I'm just going to read it out because I, I can't really sell it. I just read it. So he says, "I have had the pleasure of being in New York over the last few days, and one of the must-see Christmas sites is, of course, the Rockefeller Christmas tree. <laughs> tree is obviously very impressive, but did you know how it is powered? The fun energy fact behind door number five." That's his advent calendar. Yeah. Is that a lot of the energy used to power the Rockefeller tree comes from over 360 solar panels yeah. on the roof of the Rockefeller Rockefeller building? The trees use about 1,300 kilowatts per day, even with the energy efficient LED lights, which recently cut its energy use by half. That is as much as a large home could use over a month. Given all that electricity usage, it's a good thing a lot of the power is coming from the sun. I'm often told that it's hard to put solar panels on city buildings because of the size and shape. But if the Rockefeller can do it, who else could? Well done, Alex. I like that. It was a great post. As I say, if you want to follow his posts on LinkedIn, Alex Monk, he writes some really fascinating stuff, actually. Uh, I'm totally bastard as my son. There you go. I read that one, Andrew. I thought that was a, yeah, I thought that was a cracker. I mean, we're just, you know, continuing on the thing. We did talk about, talk about semiconductors and the funding environment. Um, there was news this week that Pragmatic IC in Cambridge, who produce uh, flexible integrated circuits, um, so quite different to silicon ones, uh, closed a Series D funding round, so that'll be a fourth major round for them. And they secured an investment of $162 million. Um, they're doing a soft second close for $20 million in addition to that. But the investors were M&G's Catalyst Fund and the UK Infrastructure Bank. Um, alongside people like Northern uh, Gristone and Latitude. Uh, but there were, you know, number one for, for me in this, Andrew, one was the scale of investment, and it is a D series round showing, you know, it's continued investment into the company in the UK. And the second thing is that this is going to allow them to build a third and fourth fabrication lines, uh, production lines up in Durham. So it's jobs 
in the UK, uh, and they estimate that 500 skilled jobs will come from uh, from this. And it was good to see as well because it comes on the back of a large funding round for Oxford Quantum Circuits, who raised 79 million in a Series B funding, uh, and that was announced just over a week ago. And Oxford Quantum Circuits are building uh, building quantum computing technology. So nice to see deep tech um, in the UK securing some really material investment. And there's, of course, one of the investors here is the UK Infrastructure Bank based in Leeds. And as I've been saying fairly regularly recently, there's more money in Leeds than in London. Um, all, all roads lead to Leeds, if you see what I mean. Uh, that was a pun. Oh, <laughs> that was terrible, wasn't it? Sorry about that. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, that really was bad. Right. Um, Let's go through what you picked up during the weekend. Where you haven't picked something up, I'll try and fill it in, as right. they say. Excellent. Well, let's moving on to uh, battery technology and ILICA. Ticket is IKA, and they're developing solid state battery technology. Um, and they've announced that they've managed to reach uh, energy density parity. Um, this is in their EV uh, battery program with lithium iron for their tech, so achieving 250 watts per kilograms, which is definitely going to be important because obviously energy density in EV batteries is critical uh, in terms of their range. Um, so, I mean, that, that was a, a sort of positive step for them, I think, in terms of milestones, and they're starting to release, pro, looking to release prototypes as well. So a bit of progress yeah, there. Yeah, there's quite yeah. a lot of news out this week. You may be about to come on to it yeah. from what I describe as the, the stable of UK-listed battery and, mm. and um, electrolyzer companies. So Ilica clearly was one bit of yeah. big news. And I'm sure you're probably coming on to it, but ITM and AFC obviously had news as well, didn't they? They did. Are they on your list? No. All right, do you want me get, to do them? Yes, please. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get onto Zenobi. Well, you know, well, I think it's because it all a lot of people look at the whole lot together. Yeah. So actually, ITM yeah. uh, also had a trading update um, for their interims. This had it on Monday, I think it was. Mm. You know, look, they 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 have adjusted everything right down because it's been a nightmare. And they said, look, revenue will be about seven and a half million. So uh, as they put it, well on track for their full year guidance of ten to eighteen million, but it's still a pretty small number. An EBITDA loss of 22 to 23.5 million and full year guidance of a loss of 45 to 55 million. I mean, you know, you could get pretty depressed by it, really. But um, they were delighted to say that their year end cash will be a lot higher than the guidance at 253 million. So, you know, they have a lot of cash they'll get through, but it's obviously been a very. Uh, and then AFC also, AFC do put out a lot of news. I'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, translates into revenue and profit um i'll say no more i don't want to get myself into too much trouble um but uh, they announced that uh, the first ever international uk ammonia fuel value chain demonstration plant um obviously ammonia is, is quite an interesting yeah. angle to the whole electrolyzer game and ammonia could be for one of a better word the fuel of the future um so um you know, they're all a little bit in the same stable. I know a lot of people watching all together. So that's why I just sort of brought those up. Back to you, Phil. Right, uh, Zenobi. Um, so Zenobi are um, a private company. Uh, they provide, or they fight, I mean, they finance electrification technologies. So they've uh, helped finance um, a thousand electric vehicles globally, but they've also got 430 megawatts of battery storage in operation 
and under construction. Uh, and this is across markets in the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. Um, the company received £600 million of investment from KKR, which is one of the largest uh, private equity funds, back in September 2023, so a couple of months ago. Uh, but there was an announcement out this week that um, Mubadala, Infra Capital have invested are going to invest two hundred and seventy million pounds into Zenobi to help them to grow uh, in the UK and and um, and globally. So, you know, quite significant investment coming into the electrification space and into this uh, particular UK company. I mean, Zenobi have done phenomenally well, haven't they? They have a yeah, huge amount of money now, and they're they're yep. sort of involved, aren't they? In this whole, you know, from energy storage to EV charging yeah, yeah. you know they're in all the whole sort of value chain aren't they yeah. it's um they're, they're a pretty interesting group but I, I guess they probably have just about the whole world and his wife and probably their children uh <laughs> ringing up saying excuse me you got any money for me that's right um, yes but well done them i mean you know you yes. can't you can't uh no, it's, against a, it all, can it's you? a billion dollars i mean it's quite it's yeah it's money. a scale of it so sticking know, with it's, uh, it's a lot of money kkr Kohlberg, Kravis, Roberts, private equity, smart metering systems. Oh, taken over today. Another one bites the dust. Oh, my. All these companies being taken over. It was a nice price. What was it? Nine, it, it, it was. 9.55p or something? Yep. It was a 50, near 50% premium um, to the price. And again, you know, it's KKR putting the money into Zenobi, electrification technologies, uh, now acquiring smart metering systems. Um, SMS is the ticket for that, and they provide obviously smart uh, operating smart energy assets, including smart meters, grid scale battery storage systems, electric vehicle charges, uh, charges. So you can see mm. where KKR is uh, putting its money in. Um, just yeah, the what was also interesting on this. The yeah, the valuation was a fifty percent premium to the three month volume weighted average price. Uh, finally, is the business at uh, around four point four billion enterprise value, but paying now here we go, paying an EV EBITDA multiple of twenty times. Woo! We like that. Right. Right. Uh, you know, the valuations in the UK market. Valuations UK. Talking market. of takeovers, did you? It's a, it is sort of involvement. Did you see Velocis was also taken over, much smaller? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I must confess, sitting here off the top of my head, I, I, I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the takeover was. It's quite a small company, yeah, but it was taken over. Million. Um, but that actually, I think I, I mentioned briefly on the last podcast, um, Ecutech, uh, which sure, is yeah. um, waste gasification system. And they've sort of changed themselves from a hard asset to a light asset. You know, they're all IP now. Yeah. It's one that I'm looking at very much for next year. They put out more, another announcement today. Um, but, you know, they're not so dissimilar. Uh, there are comparatives. And you just think, well, that's taken out for that price. Well, what's this worth? I need to do more yeah. homework on the whole thing, but it's one I'm, it's catching my attention, Ecotech. Yeah. Um, so just, but, yeah. But I, I thought that, you know, that EV EBITDA multiple of 20 times. Um, very, very interesting. You, you know what, you know? Phil? I mean, it's what it's all about. People are taking over UK companies at the rate of knots. Take my word. First of all, I'm not going to the US on tomorrow for no reason at all. No, right. I'll say no more. Okay. Um, but also what people need to remember is, you know, a takeover, a lot of people don't realize how long it takes. It can take up to 18 months. An awful lot of work goes on behind the scenes. So if we think we've just hit a, a sweet spot, purple spot, whatever it's called, uh, of takeovers of UK companies, this actually all started sort of 12 months ago. And people are still 
starting today. So I can tell you there's almost certainly been an awful lot more in the pipeline. I expect Q1 next year to be full of takeover bids. Right. So I'll get on to a quoted company then. Go on then. And I do not know whether this will be taken over or not. But it is. Um, it's Oxford. Uh, metrics. It's, it's metrics. OMG. Yeah. Uh, 122 million market cap. Had its full year results. Um, and OMG have developed uh, technology. They developed. Well, I, mean, I was involved in the IPO of this 20 years ago. Uh, it's motion capture technology. So actually, you can track human uh, movement. You can digitize it. Then you can recreate that either in films uh, with figures or in game. You know, in games as well with figures. But it, it gives realistic motion to. Uh, to animated or filmed objects, it's used in in, in the health service, uh, tracking people's gait, as well as uh, in the entertainment industries. Um, and they reported their revenue was up by over fifty percent to what well, is quite a strong revenue growth. Um, and the uh, their adjusted operating profit for tax was up by one hundred fifty percent, two point six million to six point five million. Um, but in the statutory profits were 3.4 to 5.7 million. And this is one I've been discussing this one because they uh, died, one of their divisions was acquired, I think, well over a year ago. But they're sat on a lot of cash for acquisitions. Um, and they made uh, they made a small an acquisition, a U.S. acquisition um, post. I think this was post period end. But they closed the financial year with net cash of 65 million pounds. No, I was going to compliment yeah. you. You've been saying to look at this all year. They're yeah. doing really well. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a. Really... I don't often compliment you, Phil. Thank you, but smile. No, you do. It is once a year, Andrew. So <laughs> it appears to be today, and I'll make a note of it. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, just overall, I thought very strong set of results, um, and that they've got you know because of that cash that's there, they've they've got options for this business ahead as well. So you know, with that. With opportunity, with change, you know, it can be a stimulus for the share price as well. So definitely want to, you know, want to watch. I think OMG. Um, moving on to a different sector now, from entertainment to defence. Uh, this is Cohort. The ticker is CHRT. The market cap's two hundred and fifteen million pounds, um, and Cohort has, uh, you know, it's, it's defence, right? So it's communications technology, specialist communications technology, but they're also involved in sonar, radar. Uh, for land and sea, um, and they announced that um, a German subsidiary of theirs has been awarded a five-year contract for uh, 60 million euros for a sonar system, and, and this is for a new build submarine program for the Italian Navy uh, that they're involved in, uh, and it's a third, of, what does it say, this is the third unit of an overall program uh, supplying sonar systems uh, for that program. Now, not evaluation here, and I was looking at the, this is from ICON, uh, now and by um, what's it called? Elseg, Vinicif. Um, anyway, so I quite Elseg is the London Stock Exchange group that actually ninety six percent of its revenues have nothing to do with the London Stock Exchange. Sorry, I just slipped that in. Couldn't no, help it. Sorry. They, they, uh, no, a large amount of their, <laughs> their uh, revenue comes from financial data, which I was reading to get the consensus analyst forecast on on cohort. Um, and the forecast. This is it's an April year end company. And this is looking at forecasts for 2025 April versus 2024. Um, and the expectation is for revenue to grow from 184 million to 195 million, and the EBIT to grow from 20 million to 22 million. EBIT, this is trading on EV EBIT of 10.7 times, falling to 9.7 times. 
in terms of multiple. Now, it's defense, it's technology, but you look at these, some of these multiples on these things and you are thinking, you know what, I call like an old fashioned PE. Oh, I can do it. <laughs> Right, so next week I'll, I'll have, tell you what, I I'll have you, PEs in there. I'll tell you, what, I bet you Charlie Munger likes a PE, not an, an EV to EBIT DAR. No, maybe. this was EBIT. Anyway, yeah, right. E, oh, EBIT. Yeah, sorry, I'm getting yeah. told off here, you can tell. Yeah. Right, anyway, so Paul, so Paul there. P O R. Paul there, yeah. Filtration Technologies. Uh, 279 million market cap. Um, and they're exposed to, uh, this is an interesting one, because they're exposed to aerospace, um, industrial, but particularly laboratory. Um, and they have said this was a trading update. Uh, group expects to deliver earnings ahead of market expectations with higher margins on revenues. Uh, that are similar to, they're expecting revenues to be similar to last year, but they're upping their margins, seeing strong demand in aerospace, something we've been talking a lot about this year in terms of the aerospace industry, petrochemical and water markets. Uh, and they said that that's been offset by destocking in laboratory and industrial consumers. The laboratory is interesting. So I was thinking, I've seen that from a number of businesses on where the laboratory side of uh, of demand has been low. But then I guess, you know, you look back through COVID and everything, they must have seen, you know, pretty pretty damn strong demand there so on a relative basis. But that's a positive uh, statement, I thought, from Paul there. I was going to tell you what the trading multiple is. But I don't think I will because Andrew will tell me off. But it's on the EV bit of 12, of 12 times. But a very interesting company. I think there was a song, All I Want for Christmas is a PE. <laughs> Adjusted or not? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Fintel, they're not one I've not come across before. Fintel, FMTL, 241 million market cap. And they, they provide, quote, uh, um, Fintech and support services to UK retail financial services. Oh, did you see AJ Bell's results? They were pretty good. AJ Bell's results were very good. Unfortunately, we also had Peel Hunt results, which is our industry. Now oh, they lost money again. Anyway, right, moving right, swiftly back, on from moving that. Moving swiftly back to Fintel. Um, so they have uh, announced that they're making an acquisition of something called Synaptic Software. Uh, which provides uh, financial advisor planning and research software uh, and synaptic services over 1,600 financial advisors. Uh, so you've got a wealth manager, they might not be using their uh, software, but it helps uh, provide due diligence, research, compliance tools and software for their customer's journey. Um, and they're funding that out of existing resources, uh, spending 3.5 million on it. But that's a company I'm gonna look closer at because I've not come across Intel before. FNTL. Uh, one for me to end on, which is not necessarily tech, it is brands, was THG. Ooh, THG. You're not going to talk about uh, the letter from John Gould at Kelso to THG this morning. I don't want to discuss that, but you can, Andrew. because <laughs> uh, you didn't see it. Kelso, which is a small little conglomerate, a sort of activist uh, group. CEO is John Gould, the next broker. Very nice guy. And... Uh, also, the chief investment officer is Jamie Brook, who's a very smart guy. Yeah, I've known Jamie, Jamie for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and they have, for a little while now, had a stake in THG. I think it was their first stake they took, actually, when they set this business up. And basically are shouting for a, a demerger of the business, or breaking it up yeah. or whatever, to create value for shareholders. Look, I... I uh, and it's, it's a very good letter written. The English is far better than... Must have, I think you use spell check. I can't write English like that as a broker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my writing's terrible. Um, but look, actually, I'll tell you, I think it's something that the market really lacks in. I've noticed this a lot 
you know, most investors don't like being a bit activist yeah. and shaking things up. Yeah. And companies get a bit sleepy and lazy. You know, actually, we should have more money or funds aligning with people like this who actually get things done. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, because it's important. That's what you want in a market. Um, so uh, anyway, you know, uh, that wasn't what you were going to talk about. Come on, talk about your what you were going to talk about well, on THG. Well, well, they were, yes, they're talking about it. Splitting up. I mean, I, I would add, you know, that private equity claim that that's their role, don't they, is to be very actively involved in the management of the companies. Well, they may Whereas, claim it, but what private equity do is they just leverage the thing up with clever debt instruments, load their own pockets with money, and then get rid of it. Sorry, that's what private equity is, isn't it? Right. I'm going to carry on talking about THG. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that they... That they acquired a skin. Oh, this was quite interesting. This is acquired a skincare brand called Biosense uh, for twenty million dollars, um, and it says, and they st they stated, Biosense has generated global revenues of three hundred million dollars and stopped in over sixteen hundred stores globally, um, uh, and, it's, and it's all skincare, which is a good part of the market to be in. Uh, quote, THG is acquired Biosense from a U.S. biotechnology group, uh, Amris Inc., which recently commenced voluntary Chapter 11 proceedings. Auction was held the 30th of November 2023, and THG was declared the successful bidder. Um, so $20 million, and they've said uh, the assets include IP plus inventory and debtors with a book value of $29 million. Nice deal. What, they've got a turnover number? Well, it's only prior turn, it was $300 million. Well, so they've got it at 0.1 times turnover, roughly. Let's just call it be generous. You know, and it's it, uh, yeah. some of these health and beauty brands claim that they should be selling on sort of five to 10 yeah, times turnover. Five, that five, sounds five, like five. a good deal to me. Well, actually, I should bring up uh, the Kelso boys and see what they think of the deal. I think you should. Um, that doesn't mean to say what they're doing is wrong, but it's, you know. Well. That's Maybe funny. it was in the letter. I didn't read the full letter from start to yeah, finish. I must yeah, no, sure, sure, sure. I've been but running around like a blue ass fly. What, what is the reading of a blue ass fly? I don't know. Anyway, um, but you know, actually, I, I still think a good brand can sell at a high. I think that's a good deal. But a good brand can sell at a very high multiple yes. of sales, which yeah. gives me a great opportunity to just remind people. I love Van Hook chili oil. If you want a good Christmas present to give to your your relations, your friends, whatever, don't take them a bottle of wine that goes to the back of the cupboard. Take them a bottle of Bamhook chili oil. You can get it from Ocado, Amazon, stores around London, special stores. You can get it for £8.95. If you come to me, you can actually probably get it. For, I'll, I'll cut you a deal. Six quid. There you go. That's the trade <laughs> price. Uh, shut up, Andrew, man, can you? Um, right. Uh, we've probably done enough waffling and talking there. Um, thanks, Phil. Uh, usual sort of thing. Um, uh, we love the feedback. I, I, I have did have a very great email, long email from a, a, a listener on, on Sunday with a lot of feedback. As I say, we'll talk tips next week, I think. Yep. Okay. Um, but if people want to throw in their tips, right, yep. to us before next Thursday, I don't mind talking about them as well. Yep. Why not? Absolutely. So, um, and on that note, we'll call it a day, though. Fantastic. Thanks,